All right, you're now tuned in to the follow through with Clips and Drew, the True Players Podcast, episode 269. What is going to happen with the Memphis Grizzlies and John Morant? We finally give the Knicks some love. They're on a nine game winning streak. The Bucks finally lose, and it's time to give some flowers. It's a follow through with Clips and Drew. Drew, kick that intro music. What up, podcast world? What's up, everybody? You know what it is. You know where you're at. It's the follow-through with Knicks and Drew. NBA podcast. Knicks. Episode 269. Knicks. Drew, is it is it too late for me to do a complete rebrand? Can I be a Nick? Can I be <laughs> Knicks 555 now? I'm wondering. Is, is it too late in my career to change everything to, to Knicks 555? Oh, uh, I mean, I think if you go by uh, New York City standards, it's never too late to be, to become a Knicks fan again or to refine your Knicks fandom uh, because the boys are rolling right now and the bandwagon always gets a little bit more swollen. Do you think Clipper when, Nation will will be pissed off if I if I change to to, to Knicks five five five? Yeah, probably. I mean, it, it would take a lot. You have you do have a lot of the rebranding process would be pretty time consuming. I think. It'd be a lot, man. I, they're just killing me right now. Okay. The Clippers are like a damn tapeworm in my stomach, just eating my nutrients, stealing my joy. Okay. And I, we're going to, I promise not to talk a lot about the Clippers on the, on this show. I say that every show I'm going to give, I'm going to let Drew give me a virtual timer at some point. Uh, but we want to talk about like, they finally won a game last night. Thank you. Jesus. They did. If, uh, Drew, oh, I cannot wait to talk about that. It. Was the toughest one of all of them that they had to win, by the way. Oh my God, dude, <laughs> there's a reason why I'm going blind, and I figured it out. It's not the vape that I've been using; it's from watching Clipper basketball. That is why my <laughs> eyes hurt. I figured it out, Drew. Um, but we'll mystery talk about- solved. We got to yeah. write the medical write the medical journal and let them know the Clippers are out here injuring folks. Well, I see. I see the doctor again tomorrow. I'm going to let him know. It's been these past five games, which is killing my <laughs> eyeballs. So. Uh, but we're going to talk about the Clippers in a little bit. Uh, we got to talk about some some serious stuff that has happened this week. Obviously, everybody knows what uh, happened with Ja this week, and you know this is this is alarming, Drew. And when I got the text from our boy Crompton early in the morning the other day uh, with with Ja at the strip club with the gun, I couldn't believe it. Right, I could not believe it that this actually happened. And some people were saying. Oh, it's just a lighter. And I'm like, okay, cool. That's even stupider than having a gun. Who's carrying around a a gun lighter, right? And, you know, with everything that's been going on with Ja, uh, I'm just just so shocked that he thought that that this was an appropriate thing to do. In the past 10 months, there's been four instances with Ja, serious instances where guns have been talked about uh, with him, right? So we have this, this... altercation with a 17 year old kid at his house playing basketball they got in a fight guns were talked about there was an incident uh with a a, a mall manager where the mall manager disrespected jaw's mom jaw's mom calls jaw jaw comes with nine people to this i think it was champ sports or something like that to talk uh in a threatening manner to this mall security guard and jaw kept saying I, uh, what i can't wait for him to get off what time does he get off then we have this crazy instance in indiana was this a month ago month and a half ago where 
not only did like an acquaintance of Ja, I think his name's Devonte Pack, walk all the way to half court during the game and verbally get into verbal altercation with Pacers players. But then after the game, there's some beef that happens at the FedEx forum in the parking lot, which turns into laser beams being pointed at a, from a car that jaw is in. And, you know, I don't know any grown men that roll around with like the laser pointers we had when we were kids. I don't Oh man. I, I use those all the time. As we all did. They were fun, but I know grown men don't have them. And the Indiana Pacers security guard was like, dude, that's a hundred percent a gun. And the NBA obviously investigated that and swept that under the rug. And then this happens. And I was just shocked drew at the, at the pure stupidity of it. So what were you, what was your take when, when this happened, what was the first thing that came to your mind? The first thing that I thought of when I saw it was this is a very dumb decision. Speaking on just the 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 brandishing of the lighter or gun on the Instagram video is just a dumb. That's it. That is a that is a uh, a child's kind of a move. A young, stupid decision from a, a kid would make that kind of mistake. A kid would think that that would be cool to brandish a lighter looking like a gun or an actual gun for whatever reason on Instagram live. Um, and I just think with, with jaw, you know, he is only 23 years old. And I think we assume that these guys instantly become more mature when they enter the league or instantly become, you know, uh, adults in certain fashions when they sign a massive contract or whatever. But to me, a lot of this is just his youth getting the best of him. And clearly there is some kind of disconnect between the way he views himself and then his outward projection that he he feels like he needs to present this really tough guy. And truthfully, I think it probably stems from some insecurities about his own self-worth and all those things. So being 20, 23 years old, he can grow from this. He should grow from this. And, you know, while the Memphis Grizzlies have, have decided to suspend him for two games, the head coach Taylor Jenkins says that there is no timetable for his return. They need to make sure that he's understanding of the ramifications of his actions, understanding of, uh, you know, that this cannot be tolerated. They also said they're going to hold him accountable uh, for making these changes, which, which is great. And I think sometimes, you know, basketball is a structure for a lot of young kids, right? Growing up, you have a rhythm and a structure to your school day and basketball fits in there somewhere. Same thing in high school, you go to college, jaw, jaw attended college. There's some structure that is involved in going to class and then, and then going to, to the basketball court and practicing and playing your games. When you go to the NBA, there's a lot of structure around that, but then there's also just this like free time that you can wind up, you know, trying to fill in multiple different ways. So hopefully he finds constructive ways to fill that free time, better people to hang out with that put him in better positions. And mostly I hope he becomes confident enough as an individual to not have to worry about presenting himself in this way. Um, I, I'm, I worry that, if he doesn't get the message here, this is we're just these headlines are going to continue to pop up and we're going to see this go down the wrong path. Yeah, you know, he issued an apology uh, by his agency after this happened and said, I take full responsibility for my actions last night. Uh, I'm sorry to my family member, to my family, teammates, coaches, fans, partners, the city of Memphis and the entire Grizzlies organization for letting you down. I'm going to take some time away to get help and work on learning better methods of dealing with stress and my overall well-being. So back to what you said first, 
I, this wasn't a decision for Ja to to take time off. This was forced time off. The I mean, you have to be suspended from the basketball team. I think this is going to be much longer than a two game suspension because the first thing that I thought about when I saw the video was how does he have a gun in Denver? Okay. You, that means you have to have a gun on an NBA airplane and get it to Denver. All right. How did he have the gun? Uh, why does he have the gun is a whole other thing. Why is he in strip clubs at 3 a.m.? Um, I think the red flags have been there. And each NBA team has specific security officers that deal with these situations. Every team does. There's been red flags leading up to this. And the laser beam thing being the biggest until this recent incident, right? And even the the dumb shit that Jaw does on the sideline with the the you know every time somebody makes a bucket uh, a bucket he's he's firing a gun. It's stupid. It's like throwing it's like throwing shade at the NBA for everything that he's making a joke out of this. Now I don't know the circle of people he has. I don't know who's around him besides his dad. He comes from a two parent household. You know, was raised pr pretty well from what I hear from in the suburbs and whatnot. And I don't know what's going on in John ja Morant's knife. I'm not going to pretend like I do. But what I do know is I know Memphis very well. And I lived in Memphis and I was around people with a lot of money. And I saw what kind of people were around my people with a lot of money. And that's actually the reason why I left Memphis, because it was getting really weird. And the, the people that were surrounding us in our situations, I knew that I had to get out of there. That wasn't for me. And it was only going to result in something horrible. And if you know my story, that shit ended up horribly. And I just think this, you, you cannot play cops and robbers in today's game. You cannot, you know, you cannot play gangsta because when the real gangsters get real gangsta, if that makes sense, it ends horribly. And in Memphis, it's such a small town, such a small community that, and they don't play there, man. Like when I heard about the fight that he got into with a 17 year old kid, all I kept thinking about was like, and it's not just in Memphis, it's everywhere. This 17 year old kid can, who gives zero fucks can come back with five 17 year old kids and take your life. This happened to young Dolph in Memphis. He's a, was a, an icon in Memphis, the rapper. He was killed at the damn bakery buying cookies. You know, when you have that kind of bread and that kind of money, like people want, don't want to see you get that. They want it and they will do whatever it takes to get it from you. So it is very childish to play this game like you're untouchable especially in a city that doesn't play around like that, you know? So I am concerned for job. And I do think, like you said, sometimes these circumstances, like life-changing circumstances, you tend, you hope that a full-length a full length mirror is put in front of your face and realize exactly the dumb shit that I'm doing. And we all want to talk about, you know, everybody says it's about the company you keep, and that's very true. And I think Jalen Rose was the put it best when he's like, look, you guys saw me grow up there wasn't social media at the time. I am John Morant. Like I messed up when I was a kid, people judged me and you know, I, I did dumb shit and Matt Barnes and stack said the same thing. They both have done dumb shit. And yes, we all did dumb shit at 23. And at 23, you're still a kid. Like your brain doesn't fully develop as a man until you're like 25 years old. So you make really poor decisions, but who are you keeping around you? You know, Stephen A. Smith kept talking about him covering Allen Iverson for a while. And it's kind of the same thing. Allen Iverson was in jail. 
for that bowling incident. And it wasn't because I don't think Allen Iverson threw, threw a punch at all. It was because of the company he kept, you know, and he was already put in this box that was going to send him to jail. So, you know, I just think he's walking a very thin line right now. And you're, you're so right. Nobody has gotten hurt. Nobody's been shot, but it's come like, it looks like it's trending in that direction. If this Mm -hmm. shit keeps going and what you hope is that your pops who's present, he's been the president, he's present, his dad, his mom, those are the people that you need to listen to. And hopefully these guys step in and really help jaw through this and let him know that like, look, your, your $200 million deal, five-year extension doesn't kick in until next year. You just got this huge deal with Powerade, who hasn't had a basketball player in like five years. You just got Kyrie's Nike deal, right? They just had a huge pop-up at All-Star Weekend debuting his shoe. Now, if Kyrie can get canceled for a tweet, what is going to happen with Ja and a strap? And Nike's just going to be okay? With jaw and the strap, and that's basically what they said is like, we're okay with this. So also, we're at this stage in the NBA, Drew, where it's like, yo, Steph, KD, Braun, CP, these guys are on the way out. It's the new wave of players that are going to carry this, 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 this project, this uh product into the next generation. And Ja and Zion and Luca and Giannis, these are the guys that that Adam Silver is planning on being the face of the NBA. Also, we can't, we just went through all this in the bubble when we're wearing the shirt, stop gun violence, the George Floyd stuff. You're wearing the shirt that says stop gun violence and you're waving a fucking strap on Instagram live. It's a horrible, horrible look, man. And I don't think this is a two game suspension. If they made Kyrie go through counseling and apologies and, and, you know, this nine step program to get in, in better view of your team and the league, what is what does this mean for Ja? In my opinion, Adam Silver is going to have to suspend him for the rest of the season. I'm that's what I'm saying. I don't think this is a two game fix. I know that Ja's box office and uh, the ratings are big with Ja, but I think a necessary suspension will probably be a season. Do you think that's too much? Do, like, what do you think the penalty should be for what this guy's done? And again, man. I don't want to see it happen, but it has to. There has to be a standard that's set. And you cannot cancel Kyrie over a tweet, you know, but be okay with Ja and the strap. So what what do you think would be a necessary punishment for Ja? I think the I mean, the NBA hasn't come out one way or the other and said that the two-game suspension that Memphis put on him is acceptable, too much, too too not enough. You know, so I do think that there might be a wait and see here for Silver, right? You know, Memphis comes out and says uh, two game suspension, but then, you know, whatever, a day later, head coach says there's no timetable. But until we hear from Adam Silver, my guess is this is going to be let's see how Ja handles this, right? Like Memphis did a good thing. They stepped in, they gave some some disciplinary action. They set a plan up for Ja to, to get back on the court. We'll see how seriously he takes this process. And then I think before there's a, like a season suspension or anything like that, I do think the NBA is going to let him come back and prove that he learned something, which is what I hope. I hope that's the case. Um, certainly, I don't, I don't necessarily think that suspending him for the rest of the season 
is off the table. But I also don't know if that is like the best way to, to go about this. Like, I, you know what I mean? Like, I, why I not? Think it's a, I mean, Denver, because, because, Colorado... because of what you just all said, though, like the people around him. So if he's suspended for the rest of the season, where is he going to go? Who's okay, going to be but, hanging but out look, with? We talk so about my the... point is I, I hold on. You asked me a question. Uh, I think the, the best way to go about this is to is to, yes, suspend him from from the games, but have him be on, around the team. Like, let's let's lock in some of these friendships with good guys that that have experience with uh, large contracts, dealing with family and social situations, maybe coming from similar upbringings or different upbringings that can help jaw process this stuff, help jaw get a little bit better at making decisions. To me, I, you know, while the game suspension may be two, it may be six, it may be for the whatever remaining 17 games that they have. I just don't want it to be a situation where this ends up like pushing him away back further closer into that, into that, you know, circle that seems to be dragging him in the wrong direction. That, that's a good point. But also like, we're talking about the people around him. We don't know the people around him. Everything that he's done has been jaw focused, you know, whether it's, whether it's the, uh, the, the fight with the 17 year old, the gun on Instagram, I'm not seeing the homies with guns on Instagram. I'm seeing jaw. And we just automatically assume it's the company he keeps. Right. And, but, but we don't know that company with Alan, Alan Iverson, we all knew his company was wild, right? Like that's, that's, yeah. that's what we knew. Um, I think it's fair to assume the company he keeps because of the nine members that showed up mm-hmm. at the security guard and the, and then the, the car incident in with the Indiana Pacers, right? Like, so clearly he's not doing it alone. Right. Mm-hmm. And there was other people around him in that strip club that we assume are friends of jaws in some capacity, not all of them, of course, because as you mentioned, it doesn't matter what city you live in. Mm-hmm. When you're an NBA superstar, people want to be around you. They do. They just want, they want to, you know, glean off of that, get, get some of that shine. So yeah, I think there is some track record here of at least a few individuals. We don't know them by name. You're right. We don't know them by name because none of them have a $200 million contract, Nike deal, anything going on in their life the way that Ja does. But I think there might be at least in certain certain circumstances, those that are closest to Ja, like family members, would know the people that he should probably not be hanging out with anymore. And, you know, Colorado police are now investigating this situation. Like we said earlier, there are laws in Colorado about this, about having guns. Right. It better be a lighter. Well, I, but also I only heard that via people like in our DMs and stuff. I haven't heard that from anywhere else. I haven't heard Stephen A. I think talk you, about- if you just look at it because mm-hmm. of the size of the, of the gun slash lighter, it does fit the profile of one of those like gun looking lighters like i i've seen those you've probably been around those they they, some of them look really fucking real (laughs) yeah and also it's the size of a gun that you can hide very easily in your pocket that's you know and you can carry into a club because most nba players don't get padded down and don't have to you know don't have the same rules that the rest of us do um back to the product too not only the nike deal the powerade deal the 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 200 million dollar extension but you know come next summer ja is planning on being playing for the Olympics, the USA team. You know what I mean? He's supposed to be the face of this. There's a lot on the line here, man. A lot on the line. And I just think with where we're at in society and and, and everything, you, you can't let this one pass for jaw. You cannot let this pass. There has to be disciplinary action um, with everything that's been going on with the Grizzlies as of lately you know, with uh, Brandon Clark going down for this year and probably a good portion of next year. 
uh, Dylan Brooks, you know, with his 16th suspended or his 16th tech, uh, they're, they're trending downward right now, heavily. Steven Adams is coming back at this, at some point here soon. Um, I've been saying all season on this show that if Memphis needs anything, it's been a vet presence in that locker room. We have said that. And I just think if there was an OG in there, not Danny green and not necessarily Udonis Haslam, but the Al Horfords and the, the Kawhi's and the, the people like that, this might not have happened because hopefully, and also where is your security? Like if you have these security officers on your team, <laughs> you should know everything about where these guys are, what they've been doing. The NBA has been investigating job for a year. Like they don't take this stuff lightly. And the fact that it's kind of swept under the rug and, and, and whatnot, it's just, it's, it's kind of alarming, man, but nipping it in the bud right now, like you had said, is probably the best thing that can happen to jaw. And I do think he's going to come out of this on top. I really do. I think he's, it's going to be a, a big wake up call with yeah. everything that's been going on. I wasn't too like, it, it, it didn't sound like this apology letter was from the heart. It was released no. by, by, right. So I felt the same thing. You know, I think uh, they tried to release something really quickly yeah. and it didn't sound like it was from Jaw specifically. I think he's going to have to talk about this. I think he's going to have to have an interview with somebody or uh, some media conference where he's going to have to talk about it. So yeah, my hope is he talks about it with a professional, like a like a therapist or some sort of, you know, mentor that can like actually work it out as opposed to just coming to the media and then having to deal with their questions without actually thinking it through himself. Right. You know, I, I do think there has to be at least some reflection on this before anything can improve. He has to reflect. He has to figure out like why he feels the need to do this. Right. It's one thing to, you know, want to go out and celebrate with your friends, like go to the club, like enjoy the, the fruits of your labor, the fruits of your hard work, go buy whatever you want, go be where you want to be. Um, but it's another thing entirely to to feel for some reason, I, I just get the feeling that he doesn't think of himself as tough enough without all this extra stuff, which is just bullshit because he, he is a tough kid. Right. And, and there's a lot of ways of being tough without carrying a weapon or projecting some sort of demeanor. Uh, and, and, and that's where it's like, you know, growing, like you said, maturing eventually he'll figure it out. Right. But hopefully that eventually comes sooner rather than later, because while, you know, all of this can be taken away in just a second, it can just be taken away so fast with an injury, just as fast as it can be with some off the court shit. I just, I hope it's actually fully sinks in here because he does have an opportunity to change. I think all of us, I, I, I truly believe you and me, of course, but the rest of the world, including Adam Silver, the NBA, the Memphis Grizzlies, are willing to give him like the full redemption, like come back, stop doing this bullshit. It's not like he can't make another mistake. You can make mistakes, but like, let's just learn from these things. Let's not be repeating these same mistakes. And that's what it feels like. It's been happening over the past years. Like there's just one thing after the next, after the next, which at some point would volcano into something tragic happening. And again, that's the best thing about the situation. Nothing tragic has happened yet. Minus, you know, the kid getting beat up or whatnot. But I think that's been handled. What do you think this this means for the Grizzlies? Because they're having a great season. You know what mm. I mean? Like, the, if anything, they they had championship hopes this year. And losing Brandon Clark is a big deal. It's not the deal breaker, but it is a big deal. And, and we've seen the Grizzlies play well without Ja. They did it last year very well. But we're moving into the playoffs here. What do you think it means 
for the Grizzlies now moving forward as far as just this year is concerned? Right. Well, that does depend on how many games Jaw's going to be gone for, right? There's a very easy path for them to finish the two seed, even with him, even with him missing several games, right? They're a good team. Like you said, they're, they're a good team. They've had a good record. Um, I think through the last year, not only Jaw, but like Dylan Brooks and a, and a, and a bunch of their other guys, uh, I think they're starting to become like the villain of, of the NBA. And I don't mean to, to, to like, correlate those two things like when i say villain i mean like people are rooting against them I, it 100%. feels like people don't like you know the kind of energy that they're playing with and and i like that about that team actually i like that they have a lot of confidence i like their overconfidence at some point but uh, i also think you know dylan brooks makes poor decisions all the time smacking donovan mitchell in the balls and uh fouling people left and right trying to get in everyone's face so uh and, and his fashion sense or, or lack thereof. I will say he looked like Stone Cold Steve Austin coming through with the vest and the sh- and the jean shorts. Bro, best tweet ever. I'm getting off subject, but you say that you reminded you of Stone Cold Steve Austin, right? Yeah. And this dude tweeted uh, Austin three for sixteen. <laughs> <laughs> I was rolling, dude. Oh my god, that is fantastic. I know. Oh boy, that's that is. Uh, the internet's undefeated. Um, Austin three for 16. That is unreal. Oh my God. I hope, I wonder what his stat line was now. After that. I think <laughs> I want to go back. For, and- how great would it be for three for 16? It's awesome. <laughs> I loved it so much. It's such a poor choice. That's why people don't like Dylan Brooks, right? Like who does that? Look, man, I'm, I don't, I think you and I are about as far removed from fashion, the fashion world as we could possibly be. We, we are. We are consistently rocking basketball attire mm-hmm. and hoodies and mm-hmm. and sh- basketball shorts as much if as we can. If I have can. to put on jeans, I'm pissed off. Like, it's I'm a big deal. Pissed. I have like seven pairs of pants total. I used to have a lot more before the pandemic, but now it's like, all right, all I need is seven, and I barely even dust those off. Um, getting back into the, the basketball part of things, Brandon Clark's a huge miss, right? Steven Adams has been out for a little over a month, month and a half now, uh, with a sprained knee, and Brandon Clark is a huge contributor to that team. Uh, Jaron Jackson going to have to step up, but I think he's capable, right? That's something that he can do. He's going to have to score more with jaw gone. And um, I think Memphis should look to sign another backup center. There's a list of guys that's available in free agency, including like Serge Ibaka, for instance, is, you know, I know that his back is not great and he's not the same player that he was even whatever, three years ago. Uh, But there, there is some guys that are out there that they should be taking a look at because, they're going to need some reinforcements, even if Stephen uh, Stephen Adams comes back uh, quicker than we expect, which could be in the next week, could be the next two three weeks, um, just in case he goes down again, right? Because you have a sprained knee and and he's a big boy and he's banging around all the time. It's very easy for him to re-injure that. But they also have a kid, Santi Aldama, who's on that squad. I like him. I like uh, him. Yeah, he's kind of he's kind of interesting. He's not going to be able to bang, but that they have Xavier Tillman down there, who's a shorter guy who who is actually you know really gritty really tough and they also got their their six seven uh lofton they got with, with kenny lofton mm-hmm. kenny lofton jr yeah they got they got him in the back pocket if they really need to, to stretch it so i would be they have some stuff to play with that if they don't want to go the serge Ibaka route or like the lamarcus aldridge route who apparently worked out for some folks uh, myers leonard was on a 10 day with the bucks he might be available in the in you know pretty shortly after after Dragic just signed with the Bucks, 
Um, so we'll see, you know, they have some options here and they have some depth. They are a good squad. And most importantly for jaws absence, they got Tyus Jones, man. And that kid's a, he's a good backup point guard. You can make an argument that he's the best backup point guard in the NBA. And I don't think you would have much argument from me on that. He's a fantastic player. He's stepped up well in jaws injury absences in the past years. I think he'll continue to do that, but look, the the loss to the Clippers, which I'm assuming we're going to get into, I was, that was we're segueing quick. <laughs> was was a big one for them. They were up big. Uh, I mean, ten. They're up ten points. They, I mean, I, I, they were up twenty two at some. Yeah, point. it was up. By, yeah, exactly. They were up by a lot of points uh, over the course of the game, and but but for them to be up ten and then end up losing that game, although it was a, a stellar effort in the fourth quarter from from PG and Kawhi, and that's hard to stop. I don't care who you are. Uh, it could be a lot of those types of games here where they they're looking behind them going, Whoa, shit. How close is Sacramento? Like how close is Sacramento? How close is Phoenix? How close is, you know, golden state Clippers, all these teams that are, you know, really going to be fighting tooth and nail to get up higher in the seating. So uh, I still think they have enough in the tank to, to maintain uh two or a three seed. Right. Uh, luckily there's only 17 games. It's roughly 17, 18 games left for these teams. So they have enough, I think. And they, and they, they're deep enough where I think they they might be able to survive this, but everyone else is going to have to step up for sure. Jaws, Jaws, the fourth quarter go-to guy. And so someone's going to have to fill that role while he's gone. Yeah. They had a 51 point third quarter against the Clippers last night. I started drew do the uh, virtual timer for me. No more than, no more than six minutes on the Clippers. Okay. Six minutes. There's Five no minutes. way you're only going six minutes. I can go six minutes Drew. We're cutting into my time. Trust me. You had, you had, they had a 51 point third quarter. I started my psychedelic laugh. You know how I get when I'm just, everything's just crumbling around me and I could not stop laughing. Every bucket Ty Jones got, I was just, uh, I could not believe it. Right. And you had texted me yesterday before the game. And you're like, look, John Morant out, Dylan Brooks out, Brandon Clark out. Clippers have to win this game. That's right. Even and we have to, like, if we lose this game, our season is completely over. I think we're on the brink of that, of it being completely over. And then when they went up 22 points with no jaw, no Brooks, no uh, Clark or anything, I was like, yeah, dude, our season's completely over. Um, <laughs> and it was even, I, I've, I've been so mad, Drew, this losing streak again, I, we, on the last show, I was fine with the Sacramento game. I was fine with the Denver game, but the, the, the Minnesota and the golden state, Oof. and then, and then possibly losing to this Memphis Grizzlies team was just going to put me into a state of absolute uh, depression. That's what it was going to be losing and, this, losing the Kings game too, by Russell Westbrook, not catching, just not catching oh yeah, the that, ball. that one too. <laughs> Jesus. And, he, and he's God, man, just that catch one. the ball, <laughs> man. Oh, Drew, don't even bring me back to that. <laughs> the, the worst part of all this, Drew, is two days ago, you know, we're on this losing streak and we're trying to stay in these playoffs. We want to how do we go from third to, to seven to eighth so quick? And it was like six days. It was that quick. And in those six days, don't worry, Drew, it's cool because now Podcast P has a new podcast dropping every <laughs> Monday for the remainder of the season. And I'm like, you got to be fucking kidding me, man. We're trying to win a championship. We're trying to 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 finish this season strong and win a chip. And little things like this piss me off. And I'm like, okay, so are we not locked in? Why are we starting the podcast now? Yeah, not only I'll just it- let me let me spell it out for the listeners. Paul George has announced his own podcast, and he's going to be one of looks like three individuals that's going to be on on his podcast. 
he is obviously the star and the main the main draw. But some people didn't catch that news clip. So I want to make sure that everyone's aware that when you say podcast P, mm-hmm. we're talking about none other than Paul George. Right. And I hate the name podcast P. It's a playoff of freaking pandemic P. Pandemic P. Playoff P. I hate it all. I hate the whole concept of it. Can we can we wait until the offseason when we're talking about champion us winning a championship? Not this. Like, what if we have a game on Mondays? Are you are you not going to be locked in because you're focused on the podcast? And in in all honesty, Paul George was on JJ's pod this week promoting mm-hmm. his podcast, and he was great. Pod was uh, P was was awesome in that interview with JJ, and his first podcast dropped today, and I listened to it and I thought it was great. But that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about being uh, our window is closing to win this championship, the, and, and we have a lot on the line with Russell Westbrook right now. We need to win these games. We're losing. Sh- we're losing stupid games with stupid turnovers. Our defense sucks, and the turnovers are horrible. And you know what else is crazy, Drew? Well, how's my time? How much time I got? Uh, about a minute and a half left. Okay, shit. Let me get this out. Uh, we've been talking about how horrible Marcus Morris has been, right? And so he got, I, they say it was an injury, but he got benched in one of the I was games. like, damn, he got injured? Nah, dude, nah. <laughs> and Norman Powell has been playing really bad, and now all of a sudden he has a shoulder injury. I believe the shoulder injury on Norman Powell, I think that's why his shot has been off, because he was cooking for a month and a half straight. But Marcus Morris, and then all the outlets were saying, you know what, Marcus Morris is, is, is most likely out of the starting lineup. And who's starting last night? Marcus Morris is starting. What's the first play of the game? A cookie on Marcus Morris. He just gets the ball ripped out of his hands. First play of the game last night. I, I think it was Ty Jones who just took that shit away from Marcus. And he did hit two big shots for us in the fourth quarter, which was which was fine. We needed that from him. I think the Russell Westbrook play where he flexed on everybody, he he should have missed that layup. It was out of his hands. He didn't even try to make He tried to make the layup, but the ball left his hands. It's just lucky it fell into the hoop. Kawhi and PG were, were terrific. Um, thank you, Jesus, we won that game, okay? Because we really needed a W moving forward right now. And if we don't turn this shit on now, if we don't figure out these little things, we're not a championship team. Right now, right now. We are not even close to a championship team. We are not close to Boston. We are not close to Milwaukee. We're not close to Phoenix right now. Nowhere near it. We have the chance to do it if we turn it on now. I think that was right at six minutes. Well done. Thank you, Drew. I'm good at this. Yeah, I will. Um, look, we we talked about the the, few, the first couple games of Russ, right? I think we when our last podcast, you guys were, what, 0-2 or 0-3, something like that when we talked and a lot of the headlines were the Clippers are oh and three with Russell Westbrook although that had very little to do with his performance in particular had everything to do with everyone else and the situations right like not playing enough defense not getting Kawhi the ball at the right times really mostly bad turnovers right that's been that's been the kryptonite for this team the entire season and other than injury. And now there, it really isn't injury problems. Yes. You've had banged up, uh, you know, role players here and there, but Kawhi and Paul George on the floor, you need to be winning games. Uh, the Minnesota game was a, was a shambles. The, the, the Warriors second half was, the, I threw up that game. Yeah. It might've been the worst performance I've seen any Clipper. I mean, Clippers have had some really tough performances. That's, that's up there. That's up there. Hall of Fame second half kind of performance. So when you see those, those kinds of games happen, and I think it's nice that we're able to, to drop this episode today 
because you did come off a win. I think your tune would have been a lot different if if you didn't get that dub. And it no, you were the one that pushed. You wanted you wanted this podcast pushed. I did. I, I wanted to go. I was ready to, to to fucking jump off the bridge the other day, and you said, "Hold on, clips. You might get one. Let's do it on Monday." Yeah, it's always nice to have some perspective, and and yes, you you ended up winning a game, uh, which again, energy, effort, turnovers, all part of the problem here within this Clippers win, finally, and Russ gets his first win in in uh, in six games for the Clippers. Um, I'm still pissed though, Drew. We yeah, shouldn't have been down 22 on this team. Exactly, and that that was what I was getting to. No John Morant, like we talked about. No Brandon Clark. No Dylan Brooks. This was a skeleton crew for the for the Grizzlies, and for them to get up 22 just at any point in this game just shows a lack of urgency, which is another way of saying you know turnovers and all that other stuff that we're just talking about. But the the truth of the matter is the Clippers did find the urgency, and this is what happens to a lot of these Clipper games. In the fourth quarter, they go, oh, shit, I guess we we should play we might now. as well. Might as well try and win this thing. <laughs> shit, like, what are we? Oh, oh, my God, we're down 16. Shit, how did, how did this happen? And then they turn it on, and Kawhi and Paul George were superb in the fourth quarter, and Kawhi especially with that um, coast-to-coast, the coast-to-coast dunk. That was awesome. That was that was flashbacks of Kawhi seven years ago. That was like, whoa. I you know I, had, I don't know if last time I saw him do that. He doesn't move that fast too often. Clips. I was like, I had to take a second and be like, was that Kawhi? Yes, it was. Wow. He picks and chooses when he wants to be fast. <laughs> he knows. He knows when to turn it. It's on. the first time he went coast to coast since the Joe Ingles knee oh. knee injury. That was the first one that I've seen like that because that was almost exactly how that play went down against Utah two years or three years ago, whenever that was. Two years ago, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway. Big win for the Clippers to pull it out. Still really shitty performance, though. And so to your point, uh, and something I think we've talked about a lot, and I'll be done now. I think my five minutes is up or whatever on the Clippers. It, they just got to find that from the beginning of the game. Something you've been saying for a long time, but but not only just find it in the beginning of like, okay, we're here to play. Like, let's, let's get up 10. What if we got up 10 points in the first 10 minutes of the game, which they're very capable of. Oh, that's and, 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 and not only that, but it's that like, it's the lulls, right? The dips and, and every team goes through them. You get a rotation or something happens and you know, the guys are just not, not making shots, not rotating correctly on defense. And then you can drop a little bit. It's the peaks and valleys of, of the NBA game. And we know that in the NBA teams go up by 20 and 16 and <clears throat> 18 all the time and end up losing the game. So it's, it's more about just being consistent, taking care of the ball, like which which takes in order to, to in order to take care of the ball, and not turn it over. You have to be focused. You have to be locked in. You can't just throw lazy passes and assume mm-hmm. that because you're throwing them to Paul George or Kawhi Leonard or Russell Westbrook, that they're just going to make up for the poor pass. And a lot of times it's those three guys throwing poor passes to the others. Uh, but if the Clippers can stop turning the ball over, right? It's every team's going to do it, but if you can get it down to 10 to 12 a game, as opposed to 20, 25, if if you can do that, you, you will win more games because you're that talented. Yeah. It's easy to look at it that way, Drew. And it's easy for us to say, don't turn the fricking ball over, but we consistently do it. We're 60 games into the season and it's the same story every single night. So they're not doing their job. They are not locked in. And as great as it is to get this, off of the shoulders to finally win a game. And last time the Clippers think we lost seven in a row at one point this season, we came out firing after that. And I think there still is enough time to finish this season really strong and really make a push for that, that three, that three, four, 
five spot four. I hold on. It's a half game, but Phoenix is coming on. I get it, Drew. I, it's it's what, Phoenix what am I, and Sacramento are going to be hard to catch. I think you can still definitely make a play for the five six. No problem. I think you can you can find your way in there. That's fine. Maybe not the three. Maybe I'm just being really ambitious because we won one game. Whatever. Yeah. Sometimes, Drew, I just want to go back in time to my 11-year-old self and smack the shit out of myself. Should have been for, a Laker fan, for, bro. No. I, God chose me to be a Clipper <laughs> fan for a reason. So it is what it is. It's just so hard. It's so hard. And in my adult life, I've really gotten better with separating the wins and the losses and not being so upset because yeah. this is, I'm just so used to it, you know? And if I didn't, and I, I, I asked for this life, I wanted to be the Clipper fan guy. I wanted to be the podcast guy where people want to talk about this stuff. And it's just hard at times, especially when you're on a losing streak because everybody comes out of the woodwork and wants to talk. Now they want to talk to you when the Clippers are freaking losing. So anyways, yeah. I'm done with the Clippers. We went a little, a little bit over. Let's just get some more dubs guys. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> there, let's get some more dubs. There was some crazy day yesterday in basketball for the first, there was the most ever 30 point games yesterday in NBA history. Kawhi, PG, Bain, Levine, Dame, Tatum, AD, Shea, Quickly, Durant, Booker, Doncic, Bridges, Beal, Williams, Green, Randall, and Kyrie. The most ever in one day. Yesterday 18. was 18 of them, man. And that's just a lot of buckets going around. Uh, I got to, you know, I, I do have to work on the weekend. So I got, I, I missed the first couple games, but I got to, you know, obviously watch the highlights. So we had Luca and Booker yesterday, uh, which was awesome. If this isn't like this is what we want in a playoff series, right? We kind of want we want Booker and Luca uh, to go up against each other because obviously I'm sure there's a mutual respect towards each other, but they don't like each other. And yeah. shocking, but they do not like each other yeah. at all. And uh, then Kyrie got into it with Booker, but look, man, the the X factor is KD, and the thing about KD is you literally can put him on any basketball team in the NBA and there is no adjustments. There's no like, Oh my God, how are the guys going to be able to play with KD? KD's just a chameleon and he can come into any organization and just play his game and do exactly what KD does. And that's exactly what he did yesterday. Phoenix is scary. We said on the last podcast that, you know, we're going to get a couple Phoenix games under our belt and talk about them. They're three and zero with KD there seems to be working. You know, it's pretty crazy when you think about like, okay, if Deandre Ayton and CP are your three and four, best players on the team shit this could actually work right definitely if you think it, if you think about it that way right it could actually work so takeaways because i think what is dallas right now dallas is two and five with the with the with the Kyrie and luca experiment going on right now two and six now i think two and six uh they're gonna definitely have defensive efficiencies in inefficiencies going into the playoffs that's obviously a huge problem i don't think they got anybody in the buyout market they could have tried to go for nerland's noel or something like grasp it they're not even playing javel mcgee they're going at like dwight powell is our defensive savior which is so crazy to say but i want to see this playoff series i don't know if it's going to be able to happen but how good do you think phoenix looked yeah, this was a, a really good first, like, actual test for the Suns with KD, right? Like, they played, like, whatever, Charlotte and some other team, and Kevin Durant could just literally – he could score left-handed on those guys, 25 points, and 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 you and I could be the other guys on the court, and, and this, you know, we probably would have won, right? So, um, I love this game. This was, a, this was a great game. They started us off beautifully on a Sunday morning at 10 a.m. here on the West Coast with this game. And, uh, you know, it had a little bit of everything. One thing I will say, man, and this is like the third or fourth time I've noticed this season, 
the Mavericks fucking fans suck. They just, it's fuck. It gets so quiet in the, in the arena and there, and the Mavs were winning for the majority mm-hmm. of that. Time. I mean, you know, it went back and forth. It was a good game, of course, but it's just like, there is no energy. And then, and then Luca would like make a layup and then there would be like a, yeah, like we get a little cheer going on. So that was the first and foremost, like Dallas, please understand you need to be cheering more loudly they need some help on the defensive end especially like if 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 mark cuban doesn't have an organist signed up by the end of this week to at least go the defense bomb bomb defense like they can't play a lick of defense and then maybe they could use feed off of that energy a little bit from the crowd if he brought in an organist or some something a dj anything uh, uh anything cuban would be great because the crowd is just shit in dallas so um <laughs> A lot of fouls and a lot of complaining from this game. Oh, shocking. Right? Was it Luca? Yep. Shocking. Uh, Luca, Booker. It was everybody. CP. I mean, you have it all. It's all. You all have every the one of famers of complainers were featured in this game. Uh, everybody was complaining all the time. And then it got into like a free throw competition in the third, fourth quarters where it was just like every now everyone's getting a foul. And if it's not called, then what? Like, you know, all, all of the bad parts about. Uh, the NBA players complaining to refs. I thought the refs did fine. You know, yeah, they probably missed some fouls, but they also let it go a little bit and became a little physical, which I like. And that's something you have to do with Luka Doncic in particular because he is so big and he tries to manhandle everyone. He gets in the post and he gets people up and unders and all this stuff. So it's difficult to referee Luka Doncic. Uh, and I think, you know, Booker does a lot of that stuff too, where he creates a lot of the contact. He creates, initiates uh, through his aggressive play. Uh, that contact. And I think it's, a, that's one of the most trickiest things to do as a referee is trying to nail down. All right. Who started it? What is a foul? What isn't a foul? Uh, anyway, I digress. Getting to the Kevin Durant piece of this. The Suns are fantastic with Kevin Durant three games in. Uh, they're definitely championship contenders, right? I just puts them right in the middle of the, uh, the entire picture blows up whatever hope that Denver thought of like, they're going to have a cakewalk to the finals this year. Nope. Not going to be a cakewalk. At some point, you're probably going to have to play this Phoenix Suns team. And I do think it's Denver and Phoenix and everyone else is trying to play catch up. The Warriors are still looking good. Memphis, obviously, I don't think they have it. Uh, Mentally, I don't think Memphis has it, but they can prove me wrong. Sacramento can't play defense. Dallas can't play defense. So really, it's the Clippers at the very, very last. No, they're, they're the last team that's actually in contention. Because we know they have it. They we they can have, match up. We match up on paper with everybody. You you have it. So, but that's it, right? So, like the, the list is Denver, Phoenix, Warriors, Clippers, maybe Clippers, right? Like that's kind of the way that I view it. Um, and it's a and and Phoenix to me could definitely beat. They could beat any of those teams, right? Just the same way I feel Denver could do the same thing because Jokic is so special and all of their talent that they have. But the Kevin Durant thing. It's amazing, you know, all of us are so quick to say that he's like the, the the consummate professional NBA player and he is so skilled and so unselfish that he can. He can be dropped in any Anyone. single organization, go out there, not cause any problems, not make any waves, just get your buckets. I'll play hard defense. Help me out because I'm still learning the playbook kind of stuff. And I still think that's where Phoenix is right now, which is scary even still because I think they, they, they're going to get – a little bit better. So as good as they've been already, once uh, CP and Kevin Durant have a, a, like a full link, right? Right now it's like, uh, where do you want the ball? How do we integrate KD into the offense? Well, sometimes it still feels like he's separate playing with 
four guys who have been on a team for a long time. And then he's out here doing his own thing, not detrimental, but it's like, Oh shit. Am I, where am I supposed to be over here? What's the play? Where am I going? And he still was able to drop whatever 36 points uh, and, and, and be amazing and let Devin Booker take 25, 26 shots and be amazing and not infringe on that at all. So uh, Phoenix it, to me is, is very, very scary, very special team. And they did all of this. And I still think the other piece of this is their defense. Their defense is going to get better, right? Because just like we say on offense, he doesn't know Kevin Durant doesn't necessarily know inherently where he should be spacing wise. Same thing on defense uh, and their, their ability to play defense. Uh, I think will improve. I think CP's still, I mean, at this point, CP is definitely a liability, I think uh, uh, at times defensively. So they're going to have to make up ground, but having Kevin Durant as a secondary shot blocker behind Aiton, they can mess with the lineups and rotate a Kogi who was ice goddamn cold in this game. He was bricking every three. That, I think he was 0 for 8 from three in the first half. I'm pretty sure that was how it was for a Kogi. But then they have Wainwright and then they have TJ Warren uh, and they have uh, uh, Tory Craig. So they, they have all of these guys that I think they will. They'll, they're going to get better. And that's that was my whole point. Kevin Durant looks amazing. And he's still like kind of unsure about where to be on the court. They're going to be incredible by the time the playoffs roll around, I think. And I like, I, I, I coined something here, right? Oh. The Suns, the Valley of the Midrange. Ooh, I like that. CP, Booker, Kevin Durant. There's not, there's not three guys that do better in the midrange because they all, the Valley of the Sun, you know what I'm going mm-hmm. off of here, the I, Valley I of the it. Midrange. Uh, so that's, that's my takeaway for the Suns. I have some stuff. Uh, oh, last piece. Um, in the fourth quarter, because of the weapons, something that you touched on, Chris Paul, DeAndre Ayton as the third and fourth options, because there's so many weapons out there, CP is going to get wide open looks. Yeah. And he's going to have to make them and continue to be aggressive in ways that he hasn't been this year. Going back to po- you know postseason Chris Paul, where sometimes he falls short, sometimes he makes he's a little hesitant. That cannot happen if they're going to succeed this year. I think they, they can still win without him doing that, but because of – Booker and Kevin Durant on the same on the floor at the same time, he is going to get his lovely, beautiful elbow jumper all day long. And he just needs to cash it out and then, and then hit the occasional three uh, where he's going to be wide open. So I think he's capable of it, but I, I, in my scenario, I I can, I can see a spot where he catches the ball from the top of the key and he's got to make a shot and he either, you know, fumbles it out or, or misses the shot. And I hope that's not the case because I'm a huge CP fan. So could be a big opportunity for the Suns team to, to get a championship for sure. I think Chris Paul is the one that's going to benefit from this the most because there isn't going to be a huge offensive load that this, you know, 36-year-old has had to do. He hasn't had a huge offensive load, but he has had a load. Like he's had to perform, uh, you know, has to get buckets for in order for them to win. This is going to be a good opportunity even – maybe to give Chris Paul a lot of rest right now going into the, into the postseason. is campaign back yet or no? Yeah, he plays. He is, he is back. Cool. So like, maybe this is a good time to give uh, Chris a breather, but like back to what we were saying before about KD really quick about how we can drop him in on any basketball team. And that's so true. Cause if you think about it, like you can't do that with Harden, right? Offenses have to, you have to figure out the offense around James Harden. You can't do it with Giannis or LeBron either. You know, like the, you have to figure out how to play with LeBron with KD and anywhere that he's gone. It's just real plug and play turnkey type shit. And 
what's going to happen is when they get to games 12, 13, and 14, that's when everything's going to start clicking. And like you said, and that's when teams are most dangerous. That's when I'm praying the Clippers figure it out, wake up one morning <laughs> and just figure it out that, oh shit, turnovers, that's what's killing us. Yeah. Uh, but they're going to figure it out and they're really scary. I'm not sure if I think they're scarier than Denver to me right now, like facing matchup wise, because I kind of like our matchups against uh, thinking about it in my head against uh, the Clippers. I I think you should definitely want Phoenix before Denver. I want, I would want Phoenix before yes. Denver a hundred percent. I think it would be definitely tough, but uh, I, I need to see more before I'm like, Oh shit, these guys are amazing. Right. Right. But I think for everybody else, right. You're the, you're the team that has the, like, I mean, other than the Brooklyn Nets at this point, who may be trying to grab the trophy for uh, the Lord of the Lord of the Wings, uh, you you have all of the depth in the same spots that that Phoenix does. They're light at the point guard. They're light at, at the center, just like you guys. Uh, it, it, that for for everyone else though, <laughs> the Kevin Durant Booker CP causes a lot of fucking issues. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I do think the similar thing for the Phoenix Suns also, right? Like looking at it from their perspective, they should they should hope that the Nuggets lose because Jokic is incredible. Uh, and, and I don't think that Aiton, I mean, although Aiton, right. Jokic is one of the few guys that he's ever praised about the defense on him. So weird. So weird. Andre Aiton. So maybe there's something there too. Mind games or something like that, that Jokic just got going. Like, I'm just going to, I'm going to tell this, I'm going to tell this young guy that he's the best and maybe he won't go so hard when, when we face him in the Western conference finals this year. Um, so yeah, I I'm with you though. I think for the Clippers, Phoenix is is definitely the way that you should go, but I, I think you know potentially for everybody else, it should they should want to avoid the Suns and maybe try to get a matchup with the Nuggets instead. Because you know, I just want Dallas, dude. Can, can we figure it out mathematically to get Dallas? Well, That's let's let's go into Dallas. Let's go into Dallas because I do think Kyrie. Oh, you have something else on the Suns? No, I'm over the Suns. I okay. got you. Because I, I I think Kyrie is also kind of a plug and play guy, yeah. right? Like he he comes with a lot of baggage, right? Mm-hmm. But he he can also just be like, boom, where, where do you want me to be? Like, I can figure it out. He's very smart. Uh, his basketball IQ is, in t- is, you know, very, very high. I think he's also, like, relatively unselfish and, and willing to be the guy who shoots all the time or the guy that lets Luca shoot all the time, which is pretty clear in their games that they've played together. With that being said, it's so interesting. They've made so many moves, right? Like I just, I, even since Luca's been drafted, it feels like they've had two whole different rosters come through that spot. And now with the departure of Dorian and Finney Smith, their, their presumable anchor defensively, who, who is great for them, but had shortcomings offensively. So they had to let him go. And I don't blame them for doing that. Their best still with all the roster changes with Tim Hardaway Jr. As long as he's hitting, which he was in this game, I think he had something like I don't know, six or seven threes uh, and was was playing pretty good defense overall. Um, their best lineup is, is is still with him on the court when he's cooking and you can get uh, Luca, Kyrie, Harden, and then you got to put Christian Wood out there and then whoever they can do, like whatever guy can fill that spot. Um, it's clear, though, that they're they need to play defense. Right. I think a I think lot of they're the times, playing defense, they just can't play good defense. I think they're trying. They <laughs> no, just don't I have think, good defenders. I think a lot of the times they were able to default to like, okay, don't worry. Like at least we got DFS will guard whoever the mm-hmm. best guy is. Right. Now we don't have to worry about it. But now that responsibility is going to have to be shared by all. 
because especially in today's the NBA, but including but Luca. This, yes. Yes. And before this Dallas team, they're going to switch, man. They're just going to switch. You know, they're going to try and get the pick and rolls to get whoever that, you know, whatever guy they identify as the weak link, whether that's Josh Green or uh, Markeith Morris or uh, you know, whatever other wings that they're throwing out there, uh, Reggie Bullock, who actually I think is the good defender. Um, the, the thing that I want to say, though, is like they're not incapable. It's not like they have nobody who can play defense. I just listed a couple guys that should be able to play defense. One or all of them, hopefully, if you're a Dallas Mavericks fan, need to figure out like, all right, like I'm going to foul out of this game because I'm going to play defense too hard. Right. I'm not going to make stupid, McGee's there for. That's I'm not going to I'm not going to make stupid fouls, but JaVale McGee is not going to guard Kevin Durant. JaVale no. McGee is not going to guard Devin Booker. It has to be the wings. It has to be the wings that say, OK, and obviously Luca and Kyrie will have to pitch in and do their part as well. But that's the thing where they, they are capable. They have a roster of guys. I was looking at their roster today and I'm like, oh, OK, Reggie Bullock. I, I think you most people would describe him as a three and D guy. Um, and and has been a pretty decent defender throughout his NBA career. Josh Green, athletic as hell. Uh, he needs to figure out that if he wants to play minutes for this Dallas Mavericks team now, he has to play defense. So it's just one of those things where it, for Dallas, I do wish that they had more runway here, not just you know, 15, 18 games left, because I, I think they need to find whoever it is or the or, you know, two or three guys that go find, you know, coach. I'll do it. I'll sacrifice the shots. I will be hustling my ass off diving and, and trying to play the most de- the best defense that I possibly can. And right now it doesn't feel like they have any guys that are willing to do that. No, they don't. And they're not going anywhere in the playoffs. Unfortunately, as much as I want to see Dallas and Phoenix play, but they could, going, if, if someone could. does that though, clips, they, they could, right. Don't you think they could, I, I, don't, I just don't see it, man. Especially like, I'm pretty sure Kyrie's already over the bitching of Luca. Like this guy, <laughs> this guy bitches when he makes shots, when he misses shots, when he makes shots, all he's doing is talking to the referees the whole game. I mean, this yep. goes on. We've been talking about this forever and, and he's not the only one doing it, but dude, it is tiresome watching these guys. It's tiresome watching. I love Luca. We love his game. He's the future of the NBA, but like that shit's getting so old to me right now. It really is. And you know, they, they need, they're not going to have Kyrie next season. You know, what they really needed this season was Jalen Brunson. And that's a good uh, segue moving (laughs) into what I want to talk about because uh, that the second game uh, of the night last night uh, we got, it's, it's finally time to show some love to the New York Knicks, man. They're on the longest winning streak of the decade for them, right? They're on their ninth in a row. Uh, They're playing really good basketball since the addition of Josh Hart, who was a great pickup for them. Uh, the Julius Randall's playing really well. I mean, Emmanuel quickly last night was a beast 38 points. Mm. He owned that second overtime. He was great filling in for Brunson played 55 minutes last night. And I love Emmanuel. I think it might've even been more after the second overtime. I think he might've gotten to 58 minutes. I, I, I thought it was 55. I could be wrong. Well, you uh, like 30. you have an affinity for the number five. So it would I be do. It's, it's 55 minutes. It's 55. He okay. played, but 55 great minutes. Like RJ Barrett made big ass shots. The yeah. Knicks, uh, you know, when, when Julius, Julius bothers me sometimes, and I'm sure he rubs, <laughs> I'm sure he rubs Knicks fans the wrong way too. When he falls in love with the three point shot, I get it. Yeah. Uh, but when he's on, when he's, when he's playing really good basketball, they're a hard team. 
they're really a hard team to, to, to beat, especially now that like Mitchell Robinson's back. And I have said this before on the show, Mitchell Ro- Robinson is gigantic. You guys should see Dude. this guy. <laughs> like, I know you guys see the guy, but like, I've seen this guy, he is gigantic. And, if, if, you know, he's a, a, a great athlete uh, and they're just so good with Jalen Brunson. They're so much better than I thought that they, they were going to be this year. And if IQ is going to be that backup point guard um, going into the playoffs, I love it. I love it a lot. And that was a big win for them yesterday. Boston's kind of trending downward. They've lost a few games lately. And uh, I, I don't know, man, do, do we do we buy what the Knicks are selling right now? I think. I'm a, I think I'm a buyer, Drew. I think I'm buying right now. Definitely. Uh, you have to be a buyer as long as Jalen Brunson is not like actually injured, right? Because he didn't play in this game. Uh, if he's going to be healthy for the postseason, you have to buy in, right? It's the exact opposite of what we just talked about with Dallas. These guys all want to play defense. Mm-hmm. And and Tibbs, you know, it's somehow or that. another. Somehow or another, he gets he gets these guys to buy in where we don't necessarily expect them to. Uh, Josh Hart is a guy that we did expect to just be like, perfect. Like, what do you want coach? I'm here, like no problem. Uh, and he just fit in perfectly, right? Even more perfect than Kevin Durant in Phoenix. Like Josh Hart is the perfect Tom Thibodeau, Thibodeau, however the hell he wants to pronounce his name these days, uh, uh, player. He, he's quintessential. And to me, this has given me a lot of the uh, Chicago bulls vibes back with Derek Rose. Now they don't do it in the same exact way, but like, Joachim Noah was a garbage offensive player. Mitchell Robinson cannot do anything with the basketball, Mm -hmm. but he can block shots and he can rebound and he can run and dunk that shit. Just like Joachim. Mm -hmm. Uh, You have Jalen Brunson, who is really letting Julius Randle shine in a way that we've talked about previously on this show. But uh, Randle looks back to his form when he won MIP most improved two years ago, right? Uh, when he was in the MVP conversation and his decision-making is, it just seems like, you know, you got to pick your battles, I guess, with Julius, but decision-making still is questionable at times, even though he hit that incredible fadeaway double bang, Mike Breen three, he also like had to force that shit up. And there was like, you know, there's no consequences for taking that shot. And he fumbled the ball right before he did it. So like, why are you, why are we in a position where you're catching the ball with seconds running down with two guys on you 40 feet away from the hoop? That's a bad move. Turned out to be a great shot that won the game for them. Uh, but uh, Bill Simmons mentioned that particular thing. And I, it's something that stayed with me is like when that shot goes in and it's not supposed to go in and Miami was doing their thing. Maybe there's something going on right now. Maybe, maybe you know, just the momentum, uh, the, the the basketball gods, whatever you want to call it, might be in the Knicks' corner right now. Uh, but I have to say that this is the best Knicks have looked uh, since 1999. I don't know. Like, I don't remember the last time that I was excited to watch the Knicks play. And I'm excited when Jalen Brunson is on the floor. And when he's not, for example, like last night, Emmanuel quickly was a revelation. I mean, holy shit. And what a perfect name. What a perfect, perfect name mm-hmm. for that kid. He is so fast. Uh, I mean, fastly would only be the better name. Like, But I love quickly. <laughs> I think it's a great name for a guard in the NBA. And he was incredible. And, and Boston, they're going through it right now. I think Boston might be breathing real heavy from the cumulative effect of last year and this year. Right. You think it's catching up right now? You think? I do. I do. It's, you know, we're, we're three quarters of the way, a little bit more than three quarters, almost 80% of the way through the season. And sometimes, you know, that's where those lungs and those legs get to like, oh man, it's like, geez, 
I, you know, and they've given up the one seed because the Bucks, you know, were ran ran sixteen in a row, and they they lost to the 76ers, a game that I would love to talk about if we have time for it on this pod. Uh, but Harden that's one of those that game, man. Harden that's one great. of those things where the Celtics should have definitely won that game, right? Definitely should have won that game. No Brunson on the court. All you have to do is put in put in the right amount of energy and effort on the defensive end, and you you should be winning that game. And the grit and the grind, the, the East Coast grit and grind, uh, stealing that from Memphis, but the, the Thibodeau way of playing, if, if you're going to play against the Knicks and you're going to think they're going to beat themselves, they're not doing that right now. The Knicks are not beating themselves. They're putting themselves in great spots. They're playing excellent defense. They never give up. And they have fucking talent now. They're talented. Julius Randle was, the, I think, the third highest scorer in this game. Quickly, and RJ, I love. I, I want to talk about RJ too. The kid is the kid is getting better. I know it's been a slow pull for for Knicks fans, like being like, God damn it, I don't want RJ. Trade RJ. Let's bring in OG Ananobi or whatever it was that they were trying to get rid of RJ for. He is also dealing with Thibodeau, I think, in a great way. And um, you know, sometimes he's great. Sometimes he's not so great. But um, that was a very impressive win from the Knicks, not giving up, not never saying die. And it's the opposite for the Celtics in that, in that, on that particular night, right? On that particular night, the Celtics just did not, could not put it together. And uh, even though Horford had a really solid look from the corner to win it in double overtime, which came up short, uh, it should, should never have gotten to that spot. And the Knicks are now undefeated against the Celtics in this season. Mm. The Celtics kryptonite. That's wild. Can that can they play each other in the playoffs? Like yeah. early, they could. What, what, yeah, right now the Knicks are in the, right now. Right now, it's it's the matchup. Right now, oh, I love it. I love um, it. oh no, the Knicks are up now. Sorry, they they bumped up. So it's um, Knicks are all, all up in the five seed now. Sorry, I, I I messed that up. But it's Boston the two, Miami in the seven. Another kind of a team that Boston should really not <laughs> want to see. In the first round, I'm not buying them either, though. For whatever, no, reason. but Miami we, loves to play against Boston. I, I know they, they love they, it. They're good in the playoffs too. They were I one shot it. away from beating the Celtics. I know in the playoffs last year. Jimmy Butler decided to pull up from three like an idiot instead of go to the basket. I did. We both think it was an idiotic move. I liked it. I liked the pull up. Yeah, you you did like it, and I did not like it. I very much. He's Jimmy fucking Butler, six foot eight, two hundred and thirty five pounds of muscle. And it was a fast break. All you got to do is get to the hoop. And he probably would have gotten fouled and won, and they would have won the game. Nah, put your balls on the line, bro. Take that shot. That is time. put what I just said is putting your balls on the line, <laughs> not what you said. Uh, all right. Real, you could t- touch on touch on that Philly game really quick. Because Harden this was Harden was crazy good. I loved it. This was a great game. I, I actually I wrote down this is like my second or third best game of the season was this Bucks Sixers game which was the Saturday night prime time before the beautiful slate of games on Sunday. Um, and it's only third to the Clippers Sacramento game. That was historic. And there was a Grizzlies uh, Warriors game that I really loved. I think it was back in January, maybe December, uh, which was amazing. Uh, but this one uh, to me is, is right up there with, with all those fantastic regular season performances because clips we actually got to see what we didn't get to see in the all-star game, which is two great players playing against each other. Giannis and Embiid went head to head 
for the majority of the fourth quarter. Didn't happen for the entire game, of course, because, you know, they don't want to get in foul trouble on just having to defend each other. But it felt like a playoff game to me. And lo and behold, Philly takes a win in Milwaukee to, to end the streak at 16, even though the, the Bucks ended up being in the, in the number one seed still. Um, and and going, to, going off of what you said right when we started talking about this, James Harden, uh, un, unreal second half and, and fourth quarter especially, but he just looks like the James Harden that we're, we were used to seeing in Houston for so all those fast. years. He looked so fast that game. It's, and it's just, it's just like the two-man game with him and Embiid is, it should be and is, unstoppable. When they, when they do it right, and, and this is the beauty of the Sixers and why I think they have a really good shot at winning a championship this year, nobody can stop that pick and roll. Mm-hmm. Nobody. Can't do it. You're going to foul out or, or you're just going to get dunked on and, and step back three a lot in your face especially with James Harden playing like this. Now he still looks like he's carrying a little extra weight, by the way, clips. He's, he, you know, that's fair. Uh, all-star break. All-star break was just around the, you know, There's just a lot happened. Of buffets, the, dude. There's a lot of, yeah, I, I'm not going to get on. He wasn't an all-star. So maybe he ate some of those feelings. That's true. But uh, my hope is that, you know, he continues to, to, to play like this with the confidence that we didn't see in him and the postseason last year. Remember that he, where he just wasn't shooting the ball. That's, a completely different player. It's almost like, uh, like he snapped out of some sort of coma where he forgot that he was James Harden uh, for that last season, uh, in, and especially that second half where he only shot like whatever, like two or three shots in the second half. Uh, so I've talked enough about Philly in the last podcast, so I don't want to carry on here, uh, but I do want to tip the cap to the Bucks. They got beat by a very good team, and that was a very, very good game. Grayson Allen, Grayson Allen, my guy had a Grayson Allen and Brooke Lopez scored 41 points in the third quarter between them. I don't think Brooks, I don't think Brooks talked about enough, like how great he is for that, for that team. It's incredible. He's perfect for that team. What a, what a great backup center to have. He loves to play defense. It's another like perfect body to throw on Embiid, I guess, if you need it. And especially being able to draw Embiid out and try to get him out of the paint, but he doesn't get talked about it enough. That Grayson quarter was crazy. And then I don't think he scored another bucket the rest of the game. Correct. But, but uh, Lopez, I don't know, man, like just seeing somebody change their whole career trajectory, you know, being this defensive or offensive monster to now just being this three point uh, spread the floor, play defense guy. It's, it's wild. He's the perfect guy for that team. Yeah. He's the, I think he's the, the prototypical 2023 center. I think if any NBA team could drop draw up, a center, they'd be like, all right, make him seven foot, make him have really great instincts, um, rebounding and blocking shots and, and let him just have unlimited range. Mm-hmm. And that's what he has. That's exactly what he has. Mm-hmm. I think, uh, you know, it's a perfect compliment to Giannis and shout out to Brooke though, because he actually like conversely to James Harden, he looks big. looks like he put on five pounds of muscle in the mm-hmm. off season and still has this sweet shooter stroke. Um, so yes, the, the thing about the Bucks is is Middleton, right? It's been the thing since last year. He missed out, and the Bucks missed out on what could have been a championship for them or at least a showdown with the Warriors in the finals because of Middleton's absence. It's been a difficult, like, stop-start to Middleton's return. And he's been back, you know, playing, you know, and, and, and has some flashes of some good stuff, but he's jump shooting uh, is just off right now. And I think that's just a combination of legs and reps and lungs and, 
all the stuff that you miss out on when you can't run around in an NBA floor. Uh, so I expect, and and th- I'm saying all this, and they just they just had a 16 game win streak, right? I know, so I don't want to like, be. What, I'm so jealous. Like, what the <laughs> hell? So they lost one game, exactly. Like 17, I, like fucking whatever. I don't want to be overly critical, but I do think that this is the thing, right? Like when we look big picture, as we have with a lot of these teams that we just talked about, the Milwaukee Bucks, I think, are the best team in the East. You know, you flip a coin between them and, and the Celtics. I think they're the most complete team between those two. I don't think that's very close. The additions of Jay Crowder uh, and uh, and and we'll see what I don't know what Dragic is going to do um, if he's going to do anything, uh, but they 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 just have a really really solid squad there. And they have a championship squad. That's what yes. it is. Yeah, absolutely. And I just think they're going to get to that point where eventually, hopefully, for Bucks fans, Middleton's back to where he was. Right, nineteen twenty a game hitting that roughly 40% ish from three. And if, and if that happens, uh, which I do expect it to happen because Middleton's very good. Uh, I, I don't see anybody in the East taking them down unless it's what we just saw in the, in the, in the Philly and bead. That's the one thing that I, I, it over any other offense over Kevin Durant and Devin Booker and Jokic and all those guys, the, this pick and roll between uh, Embiid and Harden, it's it's Stockton Malone 2.0 that you you cannot defend it. So if they can put it together, the Sixers could beat the Bucks in my opinion. But I don't see that happening because the Bucks are too good. Well, that's what we'd want to see is the is that seven game series. I mean, shit, yeah. if you have Giannis and B going at each other, yes, every single night. That's all I, I want. That's all I want. I think the playoffs are going to be like that, man. I think we're going to get some matchups that we really like. I'm not so sure about you know the play in and whatnot, but getting down to like the semis and whatnot, I think we're going to get the games that we really want. We got to get out of here shortly, man. So I need your I need your bouquet ballers. I didn't let you talk unless you're giving. Uh, your flowers to a Laker. We didn't, we haven't talked about your boys, but yeah. uh, well, give me a bouquet baller. Who are you giving I'll, your flowers to this week? I'll talk about the Lakers in my final thought. Okay. Uh, but the, the flowers for the bouquet for this mm-hmm. episode was going to go to Julius Randall. Mm. It was. Okay. And then I went back in my notes and I did the strike through on Julius Randall. <laughs> and then I wrote in all caps of the Knicks. So we talked about the Knicks a lot. I'm not going to double down on anything. Julius was going to get my flowers because not not just the Miami game winner, but in the last few games has been tremendous scoring the basketball. Uh, but really, as I've watched the Knicks, it's the whole Knicks. I'm giving them my flowers. We, we're giving them praise. I'm, the entirety of the Knicks roster gets a bouquet. Everyone gets at least one flower today for the Knicks. A little corsage, yeah. if you will. Yeah, sure. T- and, and Tibbs gets one too? Yeah, absolutely. Tibbs, Tibbs smiled. Jalen Brunson got Tibbs to smile during a game. That so was my favorite post. Of things the are week. things are going right. Things are I, going right if Tibbs is smiling during a game. I post a lot of stuff, and that was probably my favorite of the week. Seeing Brunson, you know, basically tell him like he walked by him, and, and Tibbs didn't acknowledge him, and yeah. Brunson's <laughs> like, "Yo, yo, give me daps, right?" And he got his daps, and it, it's good to see Tibbs smile once in a while. And I'm pretty sure, like. I, that's one of the guys I would love to have like a conversation with dinner mm. and a steak and a glass of wine with Tibbs. Cause he's probably got the best. He's probably not too fun at all, but no. probably likes to talk basketball. That was the first time I realized he had teeth. I literally, I, I don't think I've ever seen his teeth until, until that moment. 
All right, my bouquet is going to go to a Brooklyn net. Mikhail Bridges, okay? Over the past five games, 31 points, 38 points, 21 points, 31 points, 24 points. The guy's playing great basketball. The Nets suck, and he is their main focus at this point, which is sad. But it just goes to show you that that a lot of these guys, given the opportunity, you know, on some teams, they're not – you know, they don't get all the shots they want. They're not the centerpiece of their team, but when they go to a team that needs scoring or needs something and they have the minutes and the green light, these guys can get off. And that's exactly what Mikel's doing. I'm not a huge Mikel guy. I, I, I haven't been, but these past five games cooking, I was going to give, um, flowers to Jalen Williams from OKC. Who's been having, hey. a, he, he, he was going, going yeah, 41 off. the other night, I think past five games was killing but Mikel I think you know I don't know how happy he is there right now he's probably not stoked going from Phoenix <laughs> to BK but um I'm a big fan he gets my flowers this week Drew yeah I'm, I'm glad that he gets a shout out he deserves it he had a perfect quarter uh the other night where he didn't miss from the floor he has been spectacular and the your point about sometimes these guys just need you know, to get to a spot where they can be relied on to score the ball to, sh to really show how good they are. You know, Mikael Bridges on this Nets team like this next year, if this is how it looks for them and he's their number one guy, that's an all-star right there, boys. Mm -hmm. uh, so I, I really, really like Mikael Bridges and I'm very happy for him that he's, he's going off. We'll see what the Nets can do in the postseason. They're probably going to be in the postseason. I mean, they, there's a chance that they fall all the way out, but they're probably going to be in the mix. And to me, it's a lot like Jacques Vaughn's first stint, uh, where if you remember that like Dinwiddie team that mm -hmm. was like the eight seed that just was real scrappy and played real hard. D'Lo too, right? I think D'Lo was on that team. I can't remember if he was or not. Harris Levert it, was on that squad. Levert, yeah. Mm -hmm. that, it, it reminds me of the Jacques Vaughn first first go around mm -hmm. when he was interim uh, coach. Uh, and, and how scrappy, and, and I feel like that was the bubble. I, you know, it's hard to remember exactly, but I think that was in the bubble where they were the eight seed and they ran off all those wins. Anyway, I think they could, they could do something in the playoffs. I, we don't expect them to do anything. Does Benjamin could. play in the playoffs? Benjamin's not playing at all, bro. <laughs> they have so many wings on that team. Like, like I said earlier, they don't need Benny Simmons, man. I, Benny Simmons has got to go to San Antonio or something. We're, we're going to have to, on the next show, like really talk about Ben Simmons. It's like time to have the real conversation about Benjamin. Yeah. Because, you know, uh, this is just, a, it's not a tragedy because I think he brings this upon himself. But wow, this is getting really sad over there. Give me a final thought, Drew. Give me yeah, a, your final thought of the podcast. Well, the, the the game that we didn't touch on from this weekend, which which was a beautiful win for my Lakers over the Warriors. Uh, I'm not going to go too long. I know it's a final thought, but Anthony Davis, you know, beast. We're, we're going to talk about him. I he's just he's he's really really good, right? <laughs> yeah. And so many times over the last few seasons, people have really dogged this guy, like really, and and they're not wrong to do so. Uh, because sometimes, especially last year, like it looked like he lost all confidence in his ability to score the ball. That is that is back. <laughs> he he is putting himself in the right spots. The Lakers are getting him the ball in the right spots. He's making smart decisions, only shooting a you know a sprinkling of three pointers every so often, only shooting a sprinkling of uh, jump shooter uh, jump shots during the course of these games. 
and really putting his fucking head down, getting to the basket, getting to the free throw line. He is averaging a career high in field goal percentage and in rebounds, a career high, not just for the Lakers, for his entire career. That is exactly what the Lakers have needed, and especially with LeBron James out. We beat the Warriors with no LeBron James, no D'Angelo Russell, mostly because Steph Curry was a little rusty in his first game back from injury, but entirely due to Anthony Davis's performance and domination of the Warriors, which a team which is perfect for him to dominate. They have they have Looney and they got Kaminga and Draymond. That's it. That's all they have to throw at him. So he did exactly what he should be doing out there in that win. Uh, but I just I need to tip the cap. We it's okay for us to give Anthony Davis some love. I know it for is. all of you out there that that hate Anthony Davis for whatever reason or think he's a bum because he can't play or he's always injured. Man, he is he's phenomenal. He is so so good. And I'll give you this, man. I still hate it. I see it every game. Sometimes it's for one play. Sometimes it's for several plays where he just he zaps out. He zonks out. And a lot of times it's on the defensive end where he just like doesn't run back or just lets a guy dribble right by him. And those plays drive me crazy because I know how much of a monster he could be if he was fully locked in for all the minutes he was out there. So he comes in and out, right, which is annoying and frustrating. But I got to give this man some love here. So, Anthony Davis, a salute from Drew. Thank you for keeping us alive here where, you know, last time we were on the show, we were breaking news that LeBron James is going to be injured uh, for forever um now so it's like three weeks now for lebron and we still have a shot at making this man we're tied currently for the 10 seed uh i do think again i'll say it again we will get into the play-in uh off the back of this kind of performance from anthony davis so uh, of course i'm knocking on wood because as soon as i say something like this is the next game is when he drew we have breaking news we have breaking news exactly 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 (laughs) yeah he steps on someone's foot he steps on austin reeves's foot and then uh, we're fully done. So I'm 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 gonna I'm gonna take it with a grain of salt, and I'm gonna finish before Anthony Davis uh, tweets come out that he's injured right now. Well, there is a little update for you. D'Lo's been uploaded to uh, upgraded to questionable. Uploaded. So I love that. Uploaded and upgraded, both of which. D'Lo's uh, been uploaded. He's been uploaded, man, uh, to questionable. So you might have your point guard back, even though I think Schroeder's been doing well too. My final thought is once again going to be somewhat of a question, Drew. Mm. Uh, as we finish up this show, if you had a thousand, like, just say we got a thousand dollars that will, if you're right in this question, Mm. it'll pay you 50 K. Okay. Thousand dollars right now. Would you bet that 20 year NBA vet Udonis Haslam says he's (laughs) going to retire this year? (laughs) Do you think that UD retires this year? It's been 20 years to the day. Yeah. I'm not buying it. I would place my money. I pay, p- place my, my 1K that at some point in this offseason, he says he's coming back for year 21. What do you think, Drew? Are we buying UD? Uh, yeah, normally I would be on your side of things. Um, but Miami needs that roster spot, bro. They can't just be having <laughs> old old head on the roster. They are struggling, bro. They they have a whole extra body they can have on that. You think roster. Pat Riley was like, "Yo, UD, check it out, man. I know you want to come back next year. 
we got a spot for you just behind, right behind the bench. We get you a nice zip up. It's got the Miami logo. Well, you can wear your jersey under there. No one will say anything. You can still practice with us. We'd love to have you on the yeah. Be out there practicing, but we're just we're not gonna contractually. You're just not gonna be a player, so that we can actually have somebody who can run up and down the court on our team and available if needed. Like it blows me away that they like dropped Deadman. Like Deadman, who's on the on the on the Sixers now, they were like, we're like, well, well, could we? What if we asked Udonis Haslam to just like retire right now and then just stick with the team in a in a in an auxiliary form or fashion? And and Riley's like, no, 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 let's just cut, let's just cut Deadman, let's just cut Dwayne Deadman. We'll keep we'll, we'll keep you D. Look, I don't want it, I don't want it to end. And and most years I'm with you. I would be like. Nope, not betting money that he's going to retire. But I do think it might be actually time, especially because the Heat are struggling. <laughs> they need an extra body. They probably start treating UD like homeboy in the office. You know, the guy with the stapler? They did my stapler. They just stop yeah. paying UD. Just stop and they're paying. Like, Don't even tell him. Yeah, they're like, like, UD's like, yo, my key to the practice facility ain't working yeah. anymore. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's like, well, yeah, you don't even actually have to tell him that that he's fired. You just have to, we fix the glitch. We fix the glitch as it goes in office space. He's like, yo, I don't have the same parking spot. Why somebody got my parking spot? <laughs> so anyways, I I, th- I honestly think he's coming back for one more. He's going to try something. He should be a coach on the team, player development, do yeah. something with that. Just get him, in, get him in the, in the, in the second row. It's totally fine. You can watch every game. All right, we got to get it. We got to get the hell out of here. We got games on tonight. I got to go pick up some empanadas up the street. Mm. Uh, we're gonna be back in a week or sooner than that. Everything Probably. could change this week. This time next week, the Clippers could be in the fourth spot. Who knows what happens? <laughs> okay, who knows what's gonna happen? Hopefully, the tapeworm in my stomach will be gone. But it is what it is. It's the follow through with Clips and Drew, and we're ghost. Happy birthday, Shaq.